0: hello and welcome to the casually hardcore podcast my name is brian joining me is my co-host illustrious uh chris and today we're happy to introduce to you an incredible content creator incredible wow player Arleus. on the the first time on this podcast so Arleus, welcome to the show thanks so much for making time why don't you take like a minute to kind of introduce yourself to those who might not know your content what are you playing what do you love? And then we've got three topics that we're just going to dive in and pick your brain on. latest, the floor is yours, sir. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brian. Sounds great. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, so my, my name is Ar- Arleas. Also, Mage in the game is, is probably what most people know me as. But, you know, I've been playing WoW since I was probably 11 years old. I started off with video games with Game Boy Color and then RuneScape then advanced to WoW. And, you know, no matter how much I've tried to put down the game throughout my life, I never have been able to and always came back to it. So... I kind of got started uh, not with the goal to get streaming and everything like that. That wasn't my goal. I was a full-time CPA and everything, so I was plenty busy, but I got really into trying to pull off crazy feats in the game. And so pulling as many mobs as I can and killing them all without them killing me first was basically the goal. And I initially started as just a way to get extra gold so I could have mats for raids and then... Started making some crazy runs in a place called Scarlet Monastery, SM, and uh, made a video because my friends recommended that I did to teach some other people how to do it, and that kind of exploded overnight one day, and then I was streaming, and all of a sudden I got some viewers, and, and it's just been a crazy run since then. It's just been a ton of fun interacting with people, teaching them the roots and everything, so yeah, stream World of Warcraft, have a ton of fun uh, pulling off one pools and stuff like that. All right. Well, guys, to to pretty much lay out the show for anybody here uh, as
0: a part of the intro or watching live, uh, we're gonna today we're gonna talk about. Uh, what excites us the most about the Burning Crusade, especially getting Arleas' opinion. How we balance uh, classic and retail versions of WoW. Uh, that's such a new kind of concept, even though it's been going on for a couple years now. And then finally, why World of Warcraft over other, uh, other either, uh, MMORPGs. So that's going to be kind of the, the general consensus of the show. Chris, how is it going, man? Like you're playing World of Warcraft today. Why don't you jump in and give uh, get some insight and, we can, uh, and then we can dive into our first topic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think BlizzCon overall, like, of course, there's there's always going to be a little bit of controversy. There's always going to be some announcement that people aren't aren't happy about. I think I went into BlizzCon. I mean, that's we when our said he'd come on the podcast, I was like, okay, it just has to be whatever day works for us after BlizzCon because I know there's going to be announcements and I know we're going to want to respond to them, either good or bad. Um, I I wasn't in the classic feed when some of those things were being said. I also wasn't in the retail feed when Ian said things like, "What if Horde and Alliance players could say could play together?" Mm-hmm. uh and so there were there were i missed some of those moments because i was sitting in the diablo feed because it's like that's that's the game that was kind of leaping out off the page where i'm really excited there um i I think my expectations for blizzcon were were met in full um i didn't expect them to rock my world i I wanted diablo 2 to be announced i wanted the burning crusade to be announced i wanted diablo 4 to have some sort of update and it did all of those things i knew wow would have controversy i knew like and and i and i'm not currently a hearthstone player overwatch player or any of that and so i talking about the conversation today like i'm really happy with my blizzard experience but i'm getting into guild wars 2 for the first time we're gearing up for an expansion in final fantasy so as a gamer like i'm pretty fulfilled before we get into blizzard games and so it's very easy for blizzard to hit the bar that i need them to hit um, so that's where I'm coming at today.
0: So I'll just, uh, jump into a kind of just a random question before we get into our topics. Uh, BlizzCon, Arleas, what was like your takeaway? Were there anything that just completely caught you off guard? Uh, pros, cons, what do you think about this year's BlizzCon?
1: Uh, so overall the BlizzCon I thought was awesome. Um, I will say the first two minutes I was extremely caught off guard when they started talking about arcade games coming back. And
2: I was like, where the heck is this going? Did but, you... Uh, did you go to BlizzCon last time when they had no. one in person? Okay, no, so no. they had that as a booth downstairs, and everybody who walked in, I could hear people over outside, loud saying what I was. were like, "Why can't I buy this?" They had that. They had you sat down on the computer, had that exact experience, and I was like, "Why are you not letting me purchase this?" I see. Okay, okay. Well, that makes okay. a little bit Continue. more. Sense. Sorry, that
1: makes a little <laughs> bit more sense then. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was really pleasantly surprised. So I was watching it. I did the Twitch, you know, share stream thing um and you know obviously they had the tbc leak going into it so we kind of knew that was coming out uh whether whether that was planned or not you know we could debate that but uh uh i was very pleasantly surprised at how they're handling it i was really happy to hear that they're going to be putting more resources into tbc because i think that's one thing that the classic community has really been looking for so that's a huge huge plus and i think the the overall rollout plan um uh, the fact that we're going to get it probably pretty soon i mean there's there's beta rumors every day. Uh, it is awesome, so I was really happy with how how BlizzCon went, and I think the retail retail stuff, like you said, was very interesting, but probably needed at this point. All right. So I think yeah.
0: that's going to take us right into our first topic, essentially what obviously excites us the most about the Burning Crusade. So if you're joining here as a part of this highlight on Work to Game, just don't, uh, check out Arleus. His links are all in the description of, the, of these videos and more so you can go follow him, check out his Twitch and or his YouTube channel and content. So let's start with the Burning Crusade because... Uh, to kind of set a little bit of context of my uh, like expectation and and playthrough of World of Warcraft, I kind of touched the Burning Crusade, but it wasn't this be all end all. But for a lot of people, and the, especially the people I worked with at the time, the Burning Crusade was the one and only game uh, to ever release. It was it's mind blowing. People still call back to it, and with the fact that Classic was launched, and Bur- um, Burning Crusade is what is coming. Our latest. What, how, how significant is this moment in history and also phrase it around the concept of how they're actually handling the migration Where is is there any issues or concerns that you might have with how they're going to do the migration from classic and TBC uh, and retail?
1: Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So uh, this is huge. Uh, there's there's no simple, simple way to put it other than that. Uh, you know, I have very fond memories of being a 13, 14 year old kid playing TBC for Double-digit hours a day. It was just such an amazing game. There's so much content packed into it. They spent so much time going into it. I mean, WoW Classic was released, and they built MC, I think. We've talked about this before, but I think in, like, two weeks or something like that. Like, they had so much time to build TBC, and I think they did an amazing job. The whole, whole backstory of Illidan and everything like that, bringing in arenas for the first time and making that a competitive space in 2v2 and 3v3. 5v5 wasn't a huge thing back in the day, but, you know, it grew, grew from there. Uh, it was It was just an amazing expansion. I think a lot of people are extremely excited about that, myself included. I think as far as the rollout goes, I think this is probably the best way to go about it. I know that there's a lot of controversy about the boosts. I know that there's a lot of controversy about the gold <laughs> caps and everything like that. You know, I personally think that there should probably be a gold cap of about 5,000 gold, and then BOP items. That being said, it's going to be extremely restrictive to your player base. It's going to cause a lot of people just to say, okay, well, I'll come back in three months because I have nothing to do. Right? right. So it's not really realistic for them to just make that leap, I would say. Uh, so I think that them handling it with as, as much of a laissez-faire approach as possible, where they're not making any changes to not take off anybody, I mean, some people are going to be ticked off no matter what, right? And so you're either going to make people mad on one side or you're going to change something and make people mad. So at least if you don't change something, you could say, well, no changes, right? Do you ever feel
0: like if you subscribe to the idea of trying to make everybody happy that you piss everybody off? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, oh, we tried to do this and do this. And then it's like, and then everybody hates us. So it's at the core of it. Yeah. Anyway, continue. I just it's such an interesting conundrum. We are seeing something similar with it, like with Halo, like you sometimes get
1: to a point where you're, you're screwed either way, man, like yeah. you're screwed either way, but please continue. Yeah. Uh, I think that, so, so the first controversial kind of thing, the 58 boost, right. And so paid boost just want to specify that. Cause a lot of people ask me and, and they don't know it's paid. I personally like that. And the reason why the game was the game has been out for so many years right i think a lot of people and i think if you look at the numbers back in the day started with tbc a lot of people played classic but a lot of people also started with tbc and so a lot of people didn't play classic or played classic level to 30 and they were like okay i've sunk you know five days into this i'm level 30 this is going to take me a million years to get to 60 i'm gonna stop now
0: wouldn't it just take another five days like by that
1: logic took like another 12. yeah and so I think there's a large player base that just isn't there. And if they were told that you have to level up to 60 in the next two months to be able to participate in TBC might say, I don't want to do it. And so I think the ability to bring back a lot of people who want to experience TBC, I think it's great. On the contrarian side, obviously you're getting something that takes you know multiple weeks to do, but I was doing some, some back of the hand math the other day. And with how long TBC has been out, or sorry, classic's been out. You could have leveled fifty-ish level 60s by now if you were just doing nothing but leveling based on the average leveling time. So I don't mind too much if people are going to get one level 58 with some some blues out of a dungeon, for example. If they were getting T3, I'd have some issues. But I think I think it's going to allow a lot of people to play the game, and I'm really excited for that. And I think that the overall migration to it is is going to be going to be really good.
2: It's it's going to be interesting to see the economy, but I think I'm excited for it. Classic does two things. It it allows people who remember remember it fondly to go back and re-experience it. It allows for that nostalgia trip. Uh, TBC was not my first expansion. I played in vanilla. TBC was my first expansion to play as an expansion to aggressively seek in-game rating, to aggressively seek best in slot. It was the thing that shaped the fact that I am now a full-time MMO content creator. TBC is that foundation. It's the rock on which everything else was built. It is the bar that everything gets to be above or below. Even games that are better than it, the next game is still gonna be compared to TBC. TBC is still my base foundational level. Um, There are things that are better than it. There are things that are worse than it, but it it is my entry point. And um, and classic was classic was teaching me the basics, but like, I still didn't understand how hit cap work. I, I still didn't understand. There was a lot of basics through, like I was still learning how to quest and how to level. And like, do I need to hold on to this item? There were still a lot of basic questions that came out of vanilla and, and so it allows for you to go back and relive that. But it also allows for people who, there were a lot of Wrath babies. There were a lot of people who came into Wrath of the Lich King coming off TBC was kind of like Endwalker coming out of Shadowbringers. A great expansion going into what ended up being a great expansion, which is where we think Endwalker will be um, for fourteen. ends up, that's those people who buy into GameStop at 400 right? They, <laughs> they they aren't there at the beginning, but they're excited to be a part of it. And so you Wrath was a lot of people saying, okay, It's good, but like will it really last? And then after two years of being told this is the game, they go, Fine, I'll hop in. And Wrath was good too. And so there's a big chance here to go back and let people play things they missed. Um the problem is that hashtag no changes still changes things. There was somebody who got their netherwing rep grind mount there was a guild that farmed it like in the first three days and it just was 40 of them in the zone and they were grinding up the eggs and they were all trading it to their guild master and that guy turned that in for rep because it was a repeatable quest that you did every day for two weeks but there was this rare item that spawned in the zone and you could gather it and you could turn it in for like one extra quest worth of experience and if 40 or 50 people all get together and trade those and make sure that that all goes to one guy he can get the first dragon mount ever added to the game a full 10 days before anybody else he got it not because of the work they put in but because of the work they put in was paired with the fact that nobody else knew that could be done well secrets out like there are no secrets here illidan is not going to be a surprise fight (laughs) there there, there's not going to be uh, any moments here that catch us off guard because of hashtag no changes and so the other problem with this is we're really good at the burning crusade now Mm mm-hmm there's there's one thing, though, and that
1: one thing that they said is that they actually are going to make it more difficult, which I'm really excited for. So with with like the AQ obviously re- releasing post-nerf, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting all pre-nerf, which is fantastic because as yeah, you said, everybody's better, you know? Everybody's it better. Is. It's, it's, it's 20, 2021 versus 20, 2006 or whatever, right? Everyone is much better at the game. Um, we've so optimized
2: rotations. We've optimized strategies. We've optimized callouts. We are better players, yeah, everybody has their one sh- one shot macro that they can just press over and over now. So everybody knows what to do. Beastmaster was a one shot back then, wasn't it? It was. It was literally yeah. a one shot. I mean, like top DPS. Yep. I <laughs> didn't play it with the macro because I found it more fun. But
1: oh yeah, uh, no, I, did I, did.
2: Have, I did have parts of my rotation macro. I just yeah. didn't have, I didn't do the one shot.
0: That's what I want to see in, uh, brought from end to 14 is some of the macro uh, technology that they had in yeah. WoW. Because I remember being able to set up a macro that it knew when I changed targets to start over. So I'd say, use this ability, then use this ability, then use this ability. But then if I change targets, I always wanted to start with ability A. And when I go into 14's macro system and... Uh, like I'm just like man, how cool would it be if etc. And we'll see. Like I'm, I have hopes for uh, the six especially as a controller player. And the fact that the current version of WoW supports controller is exciting. But uh, yeah, for me, classic. I'm like, wait, like it did do the thing that I that, that, that the current version just finally added for me that I've been asking for um, in, the, in the in this whole in this whole run. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pull up a question or a comment from chat over on Twitch. Uh, Midi Mitch asked this. How much more uh, steam do you think WoW has? How much further do you think they can go with the current model slash grinds? In their opinion, 14 has so much more optional content that isn't required for progression, and it's fun. What do you guys think about that?
1: So I think that as a retail-based progression, I think we have maybe two more expansions. I think after that, it's it's going to need to be another game. But I think as far as classic goes, I think it can go to Waddle okay. I don't think it should go past Waddle okay, K, but I think that's the point where you open up season-based classic servers. Uh, and they were kind of alluding to more classic servers and fresh classic servers in the future. I think it's getting to the point, and you're kind of seeing, you know, Shadowlands did a great job. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was probably the best expansion that I, I think they've done in the past few expansions. Uh, but at the end of the day, most of the retail player base is playing it for a month or two. They're getting bored with the grinds and then they're stopping right i personally love farming old content so i'm always good with retail i can go back into into cara and farm cara like it's tbc kind of idea but i think a lot of people are, are getting to the point where they need something revolutionary and wow well, is just continuing to brass on the same thing so unless they do something really revolutionary which i personally don't know what that would be i think classic is is probably going to be the iteration that keeps Wow alive going forward
0: you don't think like the new player experience would be considered revolutionary
1: I think that that is, but I don't know if that new player experience is something that's going to keep people like it did back in T V C. right?
2: What do you think? That's- so the second portion of that comment, I think comes from just compare, well, you want different things from different games because the amount of optional content in WoW is enormous, it's impossible. When you look at creators like Kuhn, um, who's trying to do all the things, when you look at the fact that WoWhead had, had blew up a couple months ago when somebody had completed every single achievement currently in the game as of that day for the first time ever and and people were like and they were doing the math on it and they were like is that even possible and like the the amount of optional content in wow is enormous i played all of bfa without playing bfa i played at launch i enjoyed it i saw what the ap grind was and i zoned out of zandalar and i ran Stuff for cosmetics I didn't have. I ran stuff for. Ma- I got. I finally got my uh ashes of of you know and like. I, I got my ashes mount and I, I I went back and I ground stuff and and had a blast doing it. I learned. Wow. Okay. I can run. I can run shadow labs uh laps in under six minutes. Mm-hmm. And six minutes is a key breakpoint because you can only have ten instances per hour. And so as soon as you're under six minutes per lap you've you've capped out and you're now going to hit instance cap in an hour. And so there's all these fun things that can gamify old content. So I think optional content isn't the problem. They've got lots of that. I think the core content, the core loop has been on repeat for 15 years. And it's iterated and it's changed. And there have been people where they felt class balances were good or certain raid tiers were better than others. But it's ultimately all iterations on the same ideas. And um, and that makes me want to pivot this question to you. Are you familiar with what's happening with PSO2 New Genesis? Because we just saw their event yesterday, and um, I think that's a direction they could go without shutting down servers. If you think two expansions is the deadline, that doesn't mean WoW has to end.
0: Hey, are you familiar, so are you familiar with, PSO2? with what's
2: happening with New Genesis? No. Oh, <laughs>
0: so we're about to blow your P- freaking so, mind. So buddy. PSO2.
2: <laughs> so PSO2, and this is where where WoW could do this is PSO2 was a game that ran and and they they iterated right and and it eventually. There's no further they can go. And what PSO2 New Genesis is, is basically the Destiny 1 to Destiny 2 wipe. And so it's WoW 2. But the problem with WoW 2 is, do you just boot up a separate client? And now we've got three clients on the same... No, 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 no. Carry your cosmetics, carry your achievements, carry your character, but we're going to we're gonna change the battle system at such a fundamental level that you can't bring your characters over. And so how are we going to deal with that? Well, you're going to start with a level one warrior. You're going to start with a level one paladin. Everything's going to go back to level one, but it's basically going to chromie time you 50,000 years into the future, and you're going to play in a new game inside World of Warcraft Retail. You're going to log in. You're going to level characters up from one whole new battle system, all new stats, all new gear could be different slots. They don't have to have belts. Maybe you can equip three weapons. Maybe there's a weapon swap system. It could literally change everything about the game. It has no impact on Shadowlands. It has no impact on Legion. And then you can chromie time back to that stuff at any time. So you could visit WoW Classic without logging out. You would go back to the character selection screen and you would just be there. And any cosmetics you get, any achievements you get, it's all tracked in one pane. So you're in chat with friends like Battlenet. You're and so I say, Hey, I want to go run Deathwing for some cause for some some transmog. Do you want to come? Yeah. And you just port right over. You don't boot up a separate client. And when you get the cosmetic, when you get something from Deathwing, you get a cool cape, and you're like, I want to equip that cape. You can carry that into this wow too. That's what PSO2 New Genesis is doing at a core concept. And you could you could say, you know what, we decided demon hunters were broken. Fine. WoW2 doesn't have demon hunters. They're cut. Trim them. We don't want to do the faction thing. No alliance and horde. Fine. No alliance and horde. Like everything's on the table. Yeah. Because it's a different game inside of the same game.
0: So here's where this personally gets exciting because like the the, the the programmer and the engineer and me has just like how do we solve this problem? What um, you know Media, Mitch here kind of brings out it's a, it's a concept of conversation within MMO uh, you know the community as a whole like that continues to have like how do you well, what about when this game's 20 years old and people still want to play it but you're not supporting it because it was written on you know C++ on Java back in back in the day and now something's changed and you're like, well, we're stuck. but with them, That that ability to like all it is is like you're logged in and you go to a kind of a uh, thing you're like do I want to play, in the what would be considered the current version of PSO two or do I want to play in the future? Now we see it with Destiny. Destiny just like says okay cool we're deleting planets Sorry, and moons stuff, and man. stuff just barm. now it's like okay but your your character's still there you still have your stuff destiny one to destiny two it's like hey start the heck over you lost everything and it's like there's okay so how do you do this and one of the things that people found and i and i, I kind of bring this to content creation like mixer paid ninja a crazy ton of money and they did not follow him over there like people like people are comfortable where they're comfortable. And the challenge with, like, if you released a WoW 2 that was a separate client, like, you're asking people to, like, do this massive migration into this new game. You're asking for a lot of trust. You're asking for a lot of this. And people might be like, all right, maybe I'll check it out for a little bit, but I'm really comfortable here. Or my community... Just says if I'm going to move and start over, why would I start over in this same you know spot? Let me go start over somewhere else. It's like so,
2: 400 it, mounts, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Like I and, and then you. So with with them, like if this is successful, which they're doing the the closed beta test this weekend, uh, if this ends up proving to be a successful move, it could reshape games as a service MMORPGs from here on forward because that could become a part of the plan. Okay, it's 10 years till chapter like if you think of all of a sudden these games of services existing right. in these chapters you know okay and then the players and you have the, the ability to carry stuff forward and back with you but then they have the ability and freedom to really change the game it's really exciting so um who knows like to my my opinion on um it thing like wow or 14 like who like it has the steam as people are willing to to pay and play for it as soon as like that no longer is the case developer. Like, I think it's more about how how much energy and excitement do the devs have. Like, if the devs are able to build what they want to build and they're not, like, hamstrung to, like, okay, well, we can't do that because, you know, 10 years ago somebody said this, uh, the devs are probably just going to go, I want to make a different game and I'll just go find a company that wants to make said game. Uh, And so I think essentially it's like, if they can power the creative uh, uh, spark behind it and also take advantage of the technology, uh, technology changes, in the last 10 years alone, and in the next 10 years, it's going to be even more radical. Uh, I, I think, I think MMOs. I, I honestly believe that we'll, we have yet to hit the golden age of the MMORPG,
1: but that's my personal take on it. I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. I, I can dive into a lot of different, a lot of different side tangents, but um, th- this, that's actually a really interesting concept. I really like that. And I'm almost wondering, like the entrepreneurial side of me is thinking, if they're almost split testing that right now, because classic, the new classic servers are going to be a separate client. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be able to hop into it just like you do now with classic versus retail, but now it's going to be a fully separate client. So how many people do go over to that? Just right. like to your point, not many people go over to that because they're comfortable in classic and just migrating to TBC. And then on the same point, we do have Chromy time, right? So we could do that old content, but we we don't really do that old content. You know, we, we level up through that old content, yeah. but we
2: don't do the end game content really at max level with that. So that's that's right. what that'd be awesome. Chromie time. What if you had what if your death knight when you chromie timed back into you're like, oh, I'm, I'm right now I'm working on my TBC attunements. That would be that'd be awesome. Same character. Now, do you think we'd run into an issue
1: where you know Blizzard has iterated wow so many times that the player base would be split between? TBC, water kata mop like and you you take say 5 million people and you put 1 million into each there's not enough to fulfill the needs
2: of attunements and raids and things like that no because the way the server systems worked back then they were already fragmenting the population so the game was designed to run on smaller than 1 million people so because we have systems like the shard system no you you just handle it on the back end So you just say currently there's when you chromie time back into to wrath we're just shoving you all onto the wrath shard nice um so no i i think they're i think they're perfectly poised for it i think they've got a big enough player base do you can you do that with eso right which is still a big game but is not wow no can you do that with can you do that with some of these smaller mmos that one of us names and we've played and the other two of us go what (laughs) no you can't but can you do it with world of warcraft yes you can you can pull off all sorts of stuff Final Fantasy 14 is the second biggest MMO in the world, and we the the developer has been quoted multiple times when he says why a feature doesn't exist as, if I had WoW money. Like, nobody has WoW money. So, can WoW do it? Yeah, WoW can do whatever they want. That'd be awesome. That, that'd be cool. All
0: right. I think it's time that we jump into topic two, though, because we just brought up a lot about classic, retail, and so much more. So a general good question. How do you
1: balance playing classic and retail? Arlais? Yeah. So I've actually had to uh, come to terms with this recently. Um, I tried to balance playing classic and retail myself. And, you know, I went full time as a streamer, which is awesome. And I have tons of time relative to what I used to have. But even still, there's so much to do in each individual game that I can't perfectly balance it maybe if i wasn't a streamer and maybe if i wasn't trying to you know pull off world records and and get ready for tbc and things like that what do you mean by that i'm just kind of curious so with my aspirations for classic like right now before tbc comes out i have two servers that i'm going to main pagel and man creek i want a druid pally mage hunter uh warlock on each of those servers leveling up each of those tunes even through boosting is going to take about 75 hours played 75 hours played if i'm streaming you know 30 to 40 hours a week on average that alone is is two weeks per Mm tune. and so we have tbc in in two to three months there's not much time to go sit there and farm 10 mythic plus dungeons a week plus you know 10 hours of raiding because that's about 30 hours a week right and Mm -hmm. so i think in order to experience both games at their max potential i personally had to shift my focus to classic And so I ultimately stopped rating. actually like two weeks ago. um, Stopped rating in retail. I was having a ton of fun with it and you definitely can balance it. uh, But that was just the choice that I made to, to focus more on the classic side. But I think a lot of people could balance it because you don't, unless you're going to try to do everything in,
2: in, in one game, I think you could do both pretty easily. How do you decide what the priority is? What made you decide that many, like you, what made you decide that many classes on two servers versus just trimming some classes to say, you know what, then I'll raid less days a week and join a raid team that has slower progress or something?
1: The, the raid team that I was already raiding with was not slow, but on the slower side. And you call it the competitive nature in me, but I wanted to finish, like, if, if I was going to raid, I wanted to be doing the mythic content. I didn't want to be just, like, traversing through normal every single week and, and heroic every single week um and with tbc i have so much excitement for arenas and rating in tbc that i saw it as more of a priority than than retail
0: i'm just like how and how many hours a a week do you play
2: uh i'm somewhere like
0: like, what's a full-time content creator because like chris and i like this is just more of a general curiosity, and I, hopefully that's not an offensive statement because no, no. it's just like what what is full time content creation, uh, you know, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of things that go in the back end, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of things you have to do yeah. off stream. That, that oh yeah, on uh, yeah. yeah. stream I'm about thirty to forty hours a week. How off-stream? much time off stream?
2: Probably about twenty.
0: So you're a sixty hour work week full time content creator.
2: He was a 100-hour work week, 80 to 100-hour work week CPA. So he's taking it back. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like <laughs> my, my dad. My dad's a CPA. I, I knew him before this. You yeah. did not. So That's like, true. He, for him, he's he's like, I've made it. <laughs> only 60 hours. Only so 60 hours
0: of work. My dad's a CPA, and so it's okay. like within that industry, like I, it was always kind of funny because, you know, it's like my yeah. sister followed him into that career path. And I was like, no, I'm going to go make video games. Like, that's what I want to do. And so that's what I went to study. And, and so it's just like, yeah. And then I, I still, have, I've done 60 and, and 80 hours. And yeah, if you're working 100
1: hours, like 60 is nothing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so for, for just a full backstory disclosure. For Please, else, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I worked at a big four accounting firm. Um, and we had eight months of busy season. During mm-hmm. that busy season, I'd work as late as 5.30 a.m. So during busy season while streaming, I basically had to make the decision I was either going to continue being a CPA or I was going to make the leap to streaming because I was working from 9 a.m. until anywhere between 7 and 9 p.m. stopping streaming until about midnight or 1 and then going back to work till anywhere between 3 and 5 Mm a.m. every day. And it was just way too much including planning wedding. And planning wedding, yeah. (laughs) So, so it was a lot, Um, but yeah. Now, now it's it's much different. So, yeah. Like I said, about thirty to forty hours streaming, and then about twenty hours off, and then you have the YouTube time as well uh, because I make YouTube videos as as well.
0: Okay, but it's a
1: lot of fun. Oh yeah, like at the end of the day, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: The uh, I'm just it was just all of a sudden I was was like, like, how much time? Like, okay, so here, let me follow that up with this between retail and classic is there like a is there a kind of a, d- a divided split of like 60% of your time here or or does that vary week to week like you've piqued my curiosity in, in ways that I
1: like things that like aren't even on the outline I'm like I have to know your yeah. process yes I mean when retail came out I mean as, as an aside the majority of my user bases is, is my viewership base is classic so I will stream on classic I'll have you know, anywhere between like 200 to 400 people watching. I'll hop on a retail and I'm down to 60 viewers. So the majority of them like watching classic. Uh, but when classic or when retail first came out with Shadowlands, I was playing Shadowlands probably, you know, 68 hours a day, mm-hmm. trying to trying to get a jump on the on everything. the The next few months, I would probably say that I played retail, probably about 15 hours a week, maintaining my classic time maybe a little bit less classic time so it was probably about a 30 70 40 60 split with classic being the dominant one now now i honestly i log into retail for probably a couple hours a week
0: okay okay just man it's so fascinating okay. so sorry i gotta
2: i gotta no tangent. no ask, ask he's, he's also doing things in games that that aren't done so yeah like, yeah it's the, the speed love the speed leveling in the pulls and all that that's That's the game wasn't designed for somebody to be spending time doing the things he's doing. And so to get to the mainline content and then do stuff that's that's pushing the envelope, um, it's hard to do both. Right. Somebody who wants to be the best pet battler in retail is also going to have trouble finding time to raid. Mm-hmm. because the the when you talk about grinding pets that are only up certain times a day certain weather patterns like getting every single pet grinding them all to max level taking advantage of the the super whatever they're called events where there's the you know the two moons align and there's a there's a there's a pet buff at the same time that a certain dailies up and you've got to sit and spend 12 hours grinding up pets to cap like you could take any part of this game and make it full time um and then immediately feel like you don't have time to do the mainline content. 100%. And sure. it's
1: not to say that you can't either. Like right.
2: I, you know, when when
1: Shadowlands first came out, I was rating four days a week, right? I'd rate two days classic, two days retail. Um, so it's 100% doable. And anybody can do it 100% in balance between the two. Just for me personally, that's why I went the classic group.
0: Oh, fun. All right. Well, so that obviously brings me, I think, to kind of our third topic because I, I think that pairs just perfectly. Why World of Warcraft over other MMORPGs?
1: Yeah. It's... <laughs> part of it's nostalgia. Okay. Part of it's the fact that I was, I was a kid and, and this was the biggest time consumer that I had as a kid. But I also just think the, the story is so complex and there's so many different things that you can do in the game kind of kind of like we were talking about before you you can dive down so many rabbit holes and there's so many aspects of it and there are so many people that if you want to go get a new guild you can you're not you're not tied to one thing if you want to go raid old content you can if you want to go solo instances you can try to do that the the fighting system of it is so it allows for so many different opportunities. Like the idea of pulling 500 mobs back in the day and killing them all at once while they followed you in an instance because they don't have a reset mechanic. Like that's just incredibly unique to this game. And then being able to kill them all and you you have 60 different talent points so you can manipulate certain different ways to be able to play with a completely different play style and some of them will work and some of them will work better with just switching up one talent versus another. Like there's just so many different unique optimization things that you can do that make it so much fun to me.
0: Have you played any other uh, MMORPGs as a, as a test?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I played Final Fantasy for a little bit as a kid. Uh, I never really dived back into it when I got older. I played, you know, destiny, destiny Two, uh, runescape. I played some, uh, I mean, I played Guild Wars for probably like two days if that counts, but, uh, and then Diablo obviously, but I think that each one of those was lacking something that I found in WoW. Yeah. plus the nostalgic fact that it always just brought me back to wow every
2: yeah. single time it's a hard one to escape i mean you're, you're pretty much when you when you cancel your sub to wow you're 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 not canceling the game you're taking a break
1: yep. and there
2: are people that are on a 15-year break but they're on a break like they're, they're you you just can't say you're not going to come back it's They'll just back. it's what just been too big of a force um and You know, that's my personal opinion. There are people who, because of things outside of the game, because of ethical concerns with the company or whatever, they they really might be able to resist. But if it's purely a gameplay, you are one innovative design choice away from being drawn back in. If you do not have an ethical concern, if you do not have some moral obligation to not play, you you are one playable race. You are one dungeon boss away from being like, well, I would like to kill them. So like, and then you're immediately back in um it it's it's definitely that i think shadowlands has done a lot well shadowlands made a lot of callbacks um and so i think shadowlands it was really fun to go have quest givers like lady vosh to go back and 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 have these moments where for everybody else like Immediately, like, I'm doing a normal quest, a fetch quest, kill eight things quest. And in my head, I'm remembering that our raid only had two or three people that could fish up Lurker. I'm remembering that we had almost a full week derail and we lost people because one of our tanks bailed and took away, took our elemental set with it. And so there was this drama. And so, like, and it's just a quest. And so, like, there's just a huge amount of nostalgia that they can bring back because... They own so much of the space. 14's going to have that too. It's, it's something you get with time. It's, it's something you earn. It's not something that's, that's purchased. Um, and so they're cashing in on that. I think they get a lot of flack for it. They get a lot of flack for, well, they're just leaning in our nostalgia. Well, why would they not? Like, why would they give up that advantage? Why would they not model, release right? the mount that we've always wanted? Well, that's they're just releasing that mount. Cause they know I want it. Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. Um, so, and, and they've taken it as a chance to innovate. I mean, we've got we've got LGBT stuff in Shadowlands and that's a first. And it's in content that acts as a callback, which implies that previous content that didn't tackle those issues is. So like they, they've come in and they've taken, because gaming is a great place to have a low stakes real conversation. And so like they've taken it as a chance to push the game story-wise. They've taken it as a chance to push the game um, and it's all iterative. So, like for people that have been playing the whole time and have never taken a break, it never feels like it's changed a lot. But for people that quit in TBC and come back to Shadowlands, they're like, "What is this? It's yeah. a huge change." If you let it, if you let it ripple, if you've missed two or more expansions, you're not going to recognize Shadowlands. So you yeah. said
0: earlier that like uh, you feel like <clears throat> Wow it has like maybe two more expansions uh, on it. Like, and this is my ignorance of the Wow story currently, but. Where do you think the, the 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 story in the game is going from the point where it's at today?
1: So what do you mean by like where do you think it's going?
0: Like, so the actual, like why, or, why
2: two expansions?
0: Like why two? And, and and then and then what does that even look like narratively? Because here you go on to the Shadowlands to the to death itself, and you know and it's you know like where where do you think it's going? Like in like yeah why two?
1: Honestly, I, I think it's it's based on the decline that it's had since, uh, you know, it's probably BFA. I think just um, the overall decline and steady decline that it's had since then, I think leads to just a couple more expansions worth of time. Other games are starting to iterate and starting to put out some real competition mm-hmm. that I think can draw a big user base away from WoW and so i'm more so thinking on a yearly basis so right two expansions is roughly like four years or five years Mm -hmm. in four to five years if they don't do some crazy kind of you know iterative process or um innovative process i think another game can start to steal its user base a little bit and it's it's not it's not like it's going to go away it's just not going to be that number one mmo that has millions and millions of people on a daily
2: basis playing it
0: what uh go, go ahead chris
2: I think narratively, I would welcome that. At this point, we've we've effectively killed the big baddie and then killed the guy who built the big baddie and then killed the guy killed the god of that guy. And then we've killed the 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 ancient who oversaw the growth of that god. And then we've, we've killed the people who were the essence behind the like we we are killing gods of gods of gods at this point. And so, like, you have to start to wonder, like, is our character just going to be revealed as a god? And, like, they've tried to say, like, oh, at this point you died and this is the reason you, like, it, but, like, at some point my character needs to die and stay dead. Uh, It's just gotten ridiculous narratively. And they've tried to have that second game to try to take that jump from WoW and it just fell through. I think Diablo 3 wanted to be that. In in its own way. I think Diablo 3 having having an auction house and having these systems that were at launch designed to build it to be more of an MMO within the ARPG space, they pulled back on a lot of those because the real money portion wasn't what I think it sounded like. I think in the brainstorming room, it sounded like a good idea and they didn't want to spoil it and they didn't want to. And so they kept it to themselves and in a vacuum, it sounded great. And then it came out and they pulled it out and by pulling out the handful of things they had to pull out to make that happen. There were a lot, a lot of foundational things that allowed that game to just kind of backslide back into just being an ARPG. And it took the whole life of Diablo three to kind of slowly evolve back into something where now they have this, they've really leaned into the seasonal thing and then they have like seasonal set type things yeah. and all that. And so it's, it's it's become something different than I think they set out to be. And I think that based on the fact that now Diablo four with what sounds like the same sort of announcements leading into Diablo three sounds a lot like an MMO. Okay. It's kind of, like, that's my personal opinion.
0: Diablo four kind of has this shared world. It's like, they're kind of like taking what destiny has. And it's like, okay, behind the scenes, there'll be times in which that you'll might see one or two other players running around, or there might be a boss that's, we want to like highlight and bring in a lot of players for, and then it kind of, but it happens also like, like that's what I was talking about with the technology behind the scenes. Like all of this stuff is happening. You're not sitting here waiting for it to find people for you. It's just going to handle it. And thus it kind of has this kind of this this flow to it that kind of allows for different uh, sizes and, and aspects of the game itself. And so uh, like even Michael says, like to Chris's point, I may come back someday, just have no current interest in grinding Artifact as a right Anima. Uh, I like how they keep with it that. So whatever whatever the next AP thing is for the next expansion, <laughs> should be interesting. But what would you like to see? What would be the innovation that you would like to see within the World of Warcraft space because like and obviously this is just brainstorming uh, and more but like you're you're 100% right. Like Chris and I get in this debate all the time and it's that these games don't exist in their own vacuum. There is competition uh like when we look at uh you know PSO2 with what they're doing but on the on the cusp you have Blue Protocol, which looks like it's learning a lot from what Final Fantasy XIV is doing and what Fantasy Star Online is doing. And it's adapting and it's changing, trying to kind of find that next key aspect, you know, and, and compete in, in a market for people's time, attention, and, and dollars. And so, like, you can't just sit here and say, yeah, this is the thing and, and live on nostalgia alone. That's why, personally, I was really happy to see Nintendo actually started bringing games to mobile. I'm not a mobile gamer, but at some point, all the people who are nostalgic for your game or for your your for Mario or for whatever, they're gonna die. And it's like I know that's a fun uh, topic for a video game podcast. But the reality is, is that you have to also attract new people and uh, to bring them into in, into the fold itself. That's why I think uh, the and something I would credit innovatively to WoW is their new player experience. I I wasn't a WoW player. I came in with that. It it, it helped bring me up to speed it helped get me into the game uh where no uh, none others have been able to do that uh no other attempt has been able to do that uh before so what would you like to see what would be the innovation uh that maybe other games that you have kind of like whether they've hit it on the on the head or if they're kind of just dancing around it what would be innovative for you
1: i think i think we need to take a step away from the grindiness to the, to the guy's point on the, the Azerite and everything. They, they did well with, with Shadowlands, making it less grindy. Um, but, I mean, it, it used to be hours upon hours a week just to keep up with the current content level. Like, the Azerite farming was insane. If you wanted to be a top Mythic Raider, you had to be farming Azerite and doing every single world quest every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's what the upper echelon was doing. And that's just a massive time sink, and then you don't feel like you can get that kind of level. And so, I think having more customizability of characters and so making it a more complex game and a more uh i don't know the right word for it but basically making kind of kind of taking a, a thing out of classic and and tvc's playbook right where you have x number of talents and you can change a bunch of different things right i think the game has progressively gotten more and more simple to try to try to fit the mainstream narrative but i think we need a lot of complexity so you can make everything a unique situation and every experience can be different
2: without needing to do some major crazy grind to do it. So a point for that would be covenants. A point for that would be Mm -hmm. let's introduce new skills into the game without doing skill bloat. Let's do a borrowed power system that changes classes at a foundational level that Mm -hmm. can expire um, that is inherently not balanced and let's just let players play with it and players may decide not to do the one that's not, not broken until then our last comes along and figures out that that actually for this one type of content it is broken uh and so like let's do something like that i think a point against that is the nerfing of speed sets i think the fact that we had speed sets in bfa where you had druids that were running in cat form without sprint on faster than flying mounts was them taking items from across multiple expansions and saying did you know these buffs stack that was all awesome. they, they stack to a point that it's broken um and so i think they've got to get back to that i think they've got to yep. get back to um letting people break things especially letting twinks break things um that honestly like as a kid and you
1: know, i might get black for this but as a kid some of my f- most fun things to do in classic wow was break things there was a jump you could do in dead mines you walk into dead mines you jump up onto the post onto the little pipe thing and you can blink through the wall and you're, all of a sudden you're in the Outlands, right? back in classic wow and yeah sure exploiting isn't great and it's not like i do that now but it's just having the ability to do things that are unique and do things you didn't think that you could do or pushing limits with the speed test there's that demon hunter too just like the the druids like i had a druid myself that was running around farming old content there's a demon hunter with 480 percent movement speed jumping through instances and like literally flying through instances by jumping through the wall and then gliding down to the end boss. Like that's wild, that's wild. And having the ability to do things like that or customize your class so that you could do something crazy, I think is, is a unique part of the game. That's, that's fun. I think on the other side, you'll also have those
2: people who cry out that it's broken. Right. And that's not like Torghast was going to be that thing. When Shadowlands was on schedule, it felt like Torghast was going to be this place, this mage tower-esque, go have fun and break things. Mm-hmm. And then when they realized Shadowlands wasn't going to deliver full content, they said, let's tune this down to a static number of floors. Let's attach it to your legendary grind. Let's make it part of this the mainline content. And as a result, it has to tune itself way, way down. Now, there's a finite number of floors that you need to run every week. and like, And Ian, at BlizzCon... That the last blizzcon we had in person said like the twisting nether like the, the twisting corridors the ones at the top he said those are going to just be insane they're going to be insane for insane sake i don't want to hear any we're not going to apologize for it we're not going to nerf it and we're just going to put it out there like the hardest mage tower grinds and you're just going to be able to just throw your face into it and i was like that's awesome and then they just backpedaled so yeah. far from that to what we got and i, I enjoy torgast but i love torgast. not like what i like when they first announced it i was like let me have a mode where like if you don't want me to break things out in the world give me a tower where when i'm inside there gravity doesn't have to matter yeah like you can build you can there are some crazy builds like rat exploding crazy builds in torgast but the runs don't last you can't greater rift them you can't run them to what happens if i stay in here what happens if we just keep letting it get more insane and let me save my progress and come back multiple sessions and let's turn this into an arcade game yeah
1: and get get certain kind of uh, you know achievements or cosmetic things that you know that doesn't have any impact on on players experiencing the actual game it's not like you can one shot a boss now but you have something cool right the mage tower was awesome for that the the evan chill the mage staff is still my trademark it is awesome right and i think i was so excited for torgas and that first week of torgas when everybody was trying to push or the second week, I think, when they unlocked eight, maybe it was the third week. Whenever eight came yeah. out, and eight was so difficult for everybody to do, and everybody was trying to pull it off, that's awesome, right? We need more challenging kind of content like that outside of just, you know, grouping up with twenty people and go and try to kill a mythic boss. It needs to be some kind of solo things in addition to the MMORPG.
0: So uh, another uh, comment from uh, Mini Mitch in this case, and like really interesting point. Uh, their their view is the alt unfriendliness of wow is kind of a huge problem for them uh do you think that an innovation thing like when we talk about like let's say they did do a pso2 style wow 2 connection would you want to see a uh, wow kind of adopt something of one character multiple classes uh where you can kind of change outside of leveling chris you actually are doing some power leveling today on stream talking about like the different ways to level an alt in this case what do you think
2: I think making, I think people complaining that you can't beat the game multiple times shouldn't be addressed. I think, I think the idea that when I, if I beat Zelda Breath of the Wild and my complaint is they've just made it, they just made it take 10 times as long to beat Breath of the Wild 10 times. Yeah. Like, I think that's where the replayability comes from. So if you speed it up too fast, then you end up with a garrison-type system in Warlord of Draenor, where now it becomes a requirement to play multiple. And now having a stable of alts is so powerful and so good that somebody who just wants to come in and play a game as a warrior and be that warrior is being penalized. So I would say as fun as it sounds to have a stable of alts, the fact that Arleas is having to adjust his schedule to account for his alts because he can't just quickly grind them up I would say, yeah, that sucks, but that that's the cost of protecting something that I don't want from happening.
1: What do you think about yeah, this? I would agree. Um, when the invasion came out back in, can't remember what expansion this was. I was in college, and it was it was probably about 2014. So you guys can figure out what, whatever expansion that was. But um, I leveled a mage from level one to max level in about three hours and twenty minutes. And I did it with recruit a friend times the 300% XP potion
2: and times the invasions. And the invasions... aren't thing anymore, right? The uh, the, the experience potions? No, no, no. no, You still have them. They're in your inventory. You can still have them, but it's a finite number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can't do any, like, crazy stuff like that, which which is good. But I think, you know, I'm an altaholic myself, but I actually like the fact that you have to grind up. And it's also a sense of achievement, too. You know? Like... If, if we can just have max level characters constantly, I don't know. Personally, I think it's it's a important part of the game, the leveling process. Now, what I think might be a little bit easier, and what I think that they do honestly do pretty well, is the item level adjustments. And so, I think one of the big issues that you might have is you end up getting a max level, but now you're stuck 50 item levels behind, and there's no way to get up mm-hmm. to that right and so they progressively you know give better gear in heroic dungeons progressively give better gear in mythic dungeon and so honestly i I think that's probably the best thing that they can do i think if you if you start to just normalize your gear on your alts to your max level tune you're taking away a lot of the progressive content at higher level and so just being able to at least catch up to like the base level of the current current you know patch i think is
2: is as good as it could get in my opinion leveling content feels meaningful if you speed it up what you end up with is brian has all of his characters capped in 14 Mm -hmm. and what you end with is once is is it feels at the time like i i can't wait for this to be over i want this journey to be over i want to feel that completion but the moment you get there right the moment they make that possible the moment you cross that finish line you're immediately subject to ap grinds item level treadmills you're subject to all these things because now there's a void Before you're applying experience. And so you either have to put a Paragon system in. And the question is, how do you make that feel meaningful, but not game breaking? Mm -hmm. And so it can't affect the battle system. But if it doesn't affect the battle system, will people engage? And so like it becomes this giant, this giant conflicting set of ideas and leveling doesn't have that. Leveling is you do the thing, you get experience. And we all agree that's fair and nobody's mad about it. But the moment you get past leveling, the moment you get to cap is where the controversy starts. And so the idea that I should be able to get to the point where I don't have any more of the balanced thing anymore and I'm only in the controversy on all my characters, um, it's very much like I can't wait till it's very much like I can't wait till I graduate. Okay. But I promise there's going to be a day when you miss school. I promise. And and maybe like I don't miss high school, but I miss college. Now, I'm not saying I want to be stuck in college forever. Like, it's important that we have a graduation date. And I'm glad that time in my life was a thing. I didn't stay in that city. I didn't stay attending that college. And I want to work there. I want to be part of that life forever. But like, I'm glad it took the amount of time it did because I cherish it. And I always will. Yeah, nice. All right. So that kind of brings us up to
0: the last section of the show. Final thoughts. Uh, if there's anything that we kind of you know, want to kind of re- revisit this is the, this is the time to do it. Uh, Arleas, is there anything else that like that we kind of touched on today that you didn't uh, that, like you had either additional thoughts that you want to share? And if not, where can people find you go ahead and promote like your content and who you are?
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. So yeah. So twitch.tv slash Arleas and then just search Arleas on YouTube. I actually want to, want to pitch the questions back to you. So what are you guys most excited about with uh, the TBC?
2: Chris? Um, I'm excited to uh, I'm grabbing a link to your channel right now. Um, I'm excited to have a, um, have a chance to go back and see how it holds up um, there. I don't know if I'll find time to raid, but I would at least like to grind up maybe like kind of some attunements to dungeons. Um, I, I remember hellfire feeling really fun. I remember yeah. walking through the portal being this moment, and I remember World PvP um, in Nagrand and Hellfire being really, really fun. And so there's there's things I remember. I remember being agonizing over the choice between Sky and Aldor. So like I, I look forward to kind of doing some of that again. And I think dungeon design in TBC is the peak of what five-man dungeon design can be. Every expansion since then in every game has been less than TBC. The fact that there were pulls of seven where we have to sit and Leroy Jenkins think about this and we're all making a plan and we're marking targets and there's gonna be CC and we've got a hunter with us. So the hunter's pet is gonna do the off tanking and then we're gonna, oh no know somebody broke the sheep and it, it and it's just this disaster and and like mythic plus and challenge modes are the closest thing to replicating that mm-hmm. 14 has nothing like that and um that's been those are those are memories i cherish and so i look forward to going back to dungeons um but i think as far as like playing with friends the friends i look forward to playing with most are the friends who never played it that's fair. so
0: and, and that's actually brings me to like the, the ability to answer that question um, I, I don't like keyboard and mouse uh, for MMO uh, play. A lot of people think, and I'm definitely uh, in the minority, uh, you know, like people like I get people like, how is it possible to play an MMO with a controller? It's like, that's where I started with final fantasy 11. That's where final fantasy 14, I think is the Cadillac experience. But um, let's let's remove my bias, right? Let's is there a better way that I can learn to play uh games and so I actually just got and this is not sponsored, but I got like a Razer Tartarus like keypad and then I just got a and based off of uh y'all like everybody in the community, I got a Scimitar, you know, Ray, uh, MMO mouse. And uh for me, like probably like and this is just like there's a it's a psychological thing, I'm not going to lie. Like when I I'm a programmer, I live and breathe on this keyboard. And when I want to play a game, I want to step away from that mental thing. When I get off work, I try to go take a shower. I like to have, especially because I've been working at home for so long pre pandemic that it's like, I like to have this physical, like there is a change in my day. I don't go from programming to playing because that connection, it messes me up anyway. So I've been trying to learn uh, on this, this process. I'm, I'm not great. Like this is not like, and it was immediately apparent how incredibly like, no, no, I'm, struggling and playing around with mappings at the core of it i'm gonna keep playing around this so uh for me i think i would say i i still have yet to finish uh shadowlands and that's namely because i was playing through like i came into wow right before shadowlands chris and i were playing it it was amazing my entire shadowlands experience because i had a baby has been solo and it's just brutal so for me playing these games are that social outlet so if uh, I, I I can't play with Chris today because that's just the way my life is right now. But like whenever Chris is on WoW, I, I try to make and look at my calendar. Like, can I fit an hour in to join him and and, and play to get further along in the experience? And same thing with uh, with TBC. <clears throat> I didn't play it. Um, So if Chris is playing it, like, and the fact that it's included as a part of my WoW sub means that I can just hopefully jump in and maybe take this, this training that I'm doing right now on the, on the uh, keypad and, and MMO mouse and, and have a, uh, uh, an experience that I'm like, Oh, this is, this is comfortable. This is different, a different enough from work that I'm having a good time and able to kind of dive in and, and relax and play. And maybe I also haven't found the right class in wow. That's one of the things that with Guild Wars two, I'm playing a Necromancer so far, having a really good time. And I'm just wondering like when that shoe drops, like when is it going to be like, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> I'm done. But that that wraps it up for the show, guys. Uh, Chris is live on Twitch Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central. Arles, what what's your stream schedule like? I'm, I didn't ask earlier. I apologize.
1: No, no, you're good. So I'm, I'm live on Twitch Monday through Friday, except for Wednesday. Uh, that's my day off, 12 to 6 Eastern. Um, and then I throw in a weekend day. It depends on what I got going on on the weekend.
0: Very nice, very nice. All right, guys, uh, Chris, anything that you we, you need to add before we wrap up the podcast? Because I know you're going to get jumping back into, into some WoW today.
2: I'm going to be playing WoW. Um, I, I think next month, Guild Wars needs to find a little more room on the schedule, so things will move around on what day is what. But right now, uh, WoW and, and Guild Wars were alternating Fridays, so uh, yeah. Perfect. All right, guys, this has
0: been uh, another podcast. <laughs> another podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been the Casually Hardcore Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for watching hopefully you enjoyed whether you're with us live or if you're watching this on youtube later or even listening to it on your favorite audio player but anyway for work to game have a fantastic day we'll see you next time